0: do you take any supplements or vitamins no i don't why do you yeah i've just started taking a daily digestive supplement by biomed which contains an expert blend of friendly spore forming bacteria and the digestive nutrients turmeric and ginger to help relieve abdominal pain associated with ibs which i have not sure if i mentioned that before (laughs) i think you have (laughs) when looking for the best friendly bacteria supplement i discovered you want one that's guaranteed to reach the gut alive and spores in biomed's live culture supplement are naturally designed to survive digestion it's this key feature which allows the strain to withstand extreme environments such as high levels of acid in the stomach and to survive easily through digestion It's also vegan, certified by the Vegan Society, making it an easy, sugar-free, vegan alternative to yogurts, if you're team herbivore. So check it out for yourself at BiomedSupplements.com.
1: I think I will.
0: Yeah, you best had, as we can offer our listeners a free one-month trial of the main digestive supplement support. Just head to the website, BiomedSupplements.com, select the 30-day supply of Biomed's live cultures and enter the code Poodcast in capital letters at the checkout. Head to the website now to try. Our world is dying, politicians are lying, and just when you feel like crying, sit and have a listen to people who have shit themselves.
1: Hi, I'm Claudia. I'm Evie, and we are the hosts of The podcast, and we are back for season two. For those who don't know, The Poodcast is a podcast on a mission to learn about the lives of those living with bowel and bladder conditions, whilst sharing a shitty story or two along the way. And this week, our focus is going to be on gut health and nutrition, which is really strange, considering we've got two seasons, and we've never been like, this is about gut health. <laughs> we've never
0: done that. What's wrong nice. with us? <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely we're getting there.
1: Um so speaking of gut health, what state are you in, Claudia? How's your bum and how's your tum? Okay. It's not been great last oh, couple of days. Dear because
0: of a little lady called tequila.
1: No. Yeah. Oh my god, we're in lockdown. Like <laughs> it's just you on your own with a bottle of tequila or a fag on your sofa. <laughs> Claudia does not smoke, just to let everybody know.
0: I Well, when I do, everyone laughs at me. I'm My little sister, who is an avid <laughs> smoker, is just like, just stop it, you look like a frickin' Cabbage Patch doll
1: trying <laughs> to smoke a bag. It's a bit like in Governor Stacey, where Stacey smokes and Nessa says that she looks like a fool. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I look like a right fool.
0: Um, Yeah, no, I decided to get back into margaritas. You know, the way some people are like, I'm going to get back into running. Mm. I've gone back into margaritas.
1: When you say back in, when was... The first sort of wave of margarita like drinking, like at the
0: beginning of the first lockdown, when everyone. Thought oh, it was... okay, so very recently then. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it was a short break. <laughs> a few months, an interval, an interval. Okay, okay. Um, so I got back into margaritas, in a big way. Um, I
1: actually don't think I've ever had one. What is it? Are you joking? <laughs> I've never. Well, I don't think I like tequila, so I don't oh, think Well, yeah, I've that's ever... gonna be a
0: big no for you. Yeah. No, it's um, it's tequila. Lime juice. Mm, And that's it. Okay, great. So it's very easy to make. So the more drunk you get, it it is still a possibility that, you know, you Mm. might get some of it in the glass. Um, And it was my boyfriend's birthday at the weekend. And I just thought I'd go a bit bit mental on behalf of of Mm. him. Did he
1: get cross? Because you got very drunk and he didn't, as per. So...
0: It's no, you know, no um, secret to this podcast. I'm a bit of a, an angry drunk. Um, <laughs> Aggie
1: C, as she's otherwise known in our friendship group. I
0: didn't get, I no, I didn't get cross. There was a moment we were on Zoom with our friends and I made, I can't remember what the joke is, but I know it was really funny. Of course. And nobody laughed. What? And then he kind of did like a face, like, oh, fucking stuck with this one. And I remember thinking that
1: I could kick off. <laughs> i feel like you're always able to kick off if you really try <laughs> but i've been really trying to
0: teach myself to not be an aggie drunk so i really did rein it in but well i think done. we then put that energy into making more margaritas um and yeah the next day basically just moved into the bathroom and just, uh, oh
1: god so what are we talking bathroom wise are we talking diarrhea is it just no relief is it bloating all of the above perhaps i mean i
0: feel like i did like a scenic route like it was just a kind of like round the houses let's see how we're feeling and he wasn't hung Great. over like even if he's really drunk he doesn't get hung over whereas I'm, oh god hung over and then i took like a quick break to like watch muppets most wanted and like make myself see-
1: <laughs> muppets most
0: wanted it's really good okay <laughs> it's an absolute classic um and yeah and then i was just feeling a bit a bit rubbish and um, And then I came into the, to my bedroom to, you know, to get out of my pyjamas at three o'clock and I kind of, I don't know why this has been playing on my mind for the last few days, but it really has. I caught sight of my bum and it's not what it used to be. I don't look at my bum very often, but I feel like, you know, when we were in our early twenties, I had Mm. quite a nice bum.
1: You still, I complimented your bottom only this August when you were wearing those mom jeans. I said those they mom, those mom jeans. The <laughs> mom jeans, and I said your tush looks nice, and you said I've been doing donkey kicks. They were that's exactly the exchange that took place. So I think your bum is what it's always been, if not but better. But I'm
0: talking about a bare bum.
1: Yes, I didn't see, I didn't see the bare ass. I just saw it in mom jeans.
0: I'll show you, but I it then made me think about
1: when you know when we've got
0: naked together on a couple of occasions. I don't know what you're talking see, about. <laughs> you've always said that I have breasts like kate winslet and so i thought... mm.
1: well it's specifically rose in titanic i don't know okay, fine. kate winslet but but then i thought <laughs> <Fuck
0: you>. <laughs> 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 but then i thought that like you know that was that was like my whole persona and uh yeah. you know i thought maybe i'd have like a rose bum
1: but does rose get her bum out does rose get her bum out in titanic i'm gonna look it up
0: i just i don't know i just I just felt it was the first time I'd looked at my bare bum in a while and I felt a little bit sad at how it looked. It just didn't look like there was any life to it. But then I don't feel like there's much life to me at the minute, so why mm. would my ass be all like quirky and peachy and fun?
1: Quirky? What <laughs> very quirky bum. <laughs> it's applying to goldsmiths. Got
0: right edgy bum.
1: <laughs> what, do you do you mean sort of more of the sort of further south maybe or what's yeah, what's the problem?
0: D- I just hadn't looked at it in a while. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm seeing that my face is changing and I see my boobs, they're front on, but I had not taken stock of my ass in quite
1: a long time and I Mm. I wasn't chuffed about it. It's a lesson, isn't it? Take stock of your ass. Um, Because sometimes it can be a bit of a shock. Sometimes, like when you catch yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, I tell you a classic. When I was running down the escalators in the tube, this was like only in the summer, I was running down to try and catch, and I was like, Oh, something's moving that wasn't there before. You know when parts move, and you're like, that never used to happen. If I was going at this speed down an escalator, and you're like, like when did wings. when did you arrive? Oh god, it's for me. It is actually sort of not the bum, but sort of just down, like the top of the thigh. Okay. I've got new. Yeah, I've got sort of um, visitors there. Um, pro- probably their permanent guests, to be honest. Got to get rid of them. I won't send no oh but i'm sorry to hear about about sort of bum problems yeah i'm
0: all right i don't i don't know if i massively care about the the look of my ass but yeah no. the state of it has not been great but i've since stopped drinking margaritas because i have to work with children again and
1: yeah, don't do that at work you're not
0: supposed to do that
1: no definitely not and fuck it how is
0: your bum and tongue mate
1: thanks for asking this is actually you're welcome <laughs> it's on the script <laughs> you're contractually obliged to do that um but it's quite topical actually because i've been thinking more about the appearance of my bum because i've always suffered from pancake bum syndrome and i'm sure she wouldn't mind saying and i know she listens if my mother's anything to look forward to she's all i'm in for a lifetime of flat ass because she's
0: what they say about your mother she's just something to look forward to
1: (laughs) (laughs) steady she is she and you know she she says it herself she's got quite a flat bottom I've always had a flat bottom and I thought you know maybe this lockdown if we're not going to come out of it for a long time you know I'll start the peachy bum challenge I've been on YouTube do the peachy bum challenge I'm not gonna lie, I can see absolutely no discernible difference, um, but I'm gonna carry on. But the, also the problem is is I think she's like she's like you should be really feeling the burn now, guys. And I'm like I'm really not, and I just think I'm probably sort of half-assed doing the exercises. To be honest, I mean literally half-assed. Um, so I'm I've tried I did one just before we came on this call. Where I really really squeezed my glutes to try and so I'm hoping tomorrow there'll be agony, so then I'll know that I am doing it right. Are you
0: doing it in preparation for this call to psych for you school. Know,
1: this is a podcast. No, this call. Oh, sorry. Doing one because I, can... I know after the call I'm gonna be hungry. It's time for dinner and better below deck. So I'm not going to do it then. So I just thought, whilst you know I'm feeling, still motivated, I've got enough energy. I'll just do a quick exercise segment and also i realized i'm doing chloe ting i don't know if anyone's done chloe ting i've done chloe ting and i was like these are fucking easy i don't know why everyone's complaining how sore they are and how how difficult they are i've realized i've not been doing it properly because you're supposed to do four videos in a day i thought you just had to do one so i've been doing one and i've been like god this is a piece of piss thanks chloe see you later she's got four separate videos for one day and i've only been doing one of four so from tomorrow I'm definitely gonna at least double it and do two a day. Ooh, um, world, watch out for
0: Little Evie's bum.
1: Yeah, my little. It's called the Peachy Bum Challenge. I'll, I've taken a before pick, um, and I'll, I'll I'll keep you updated with that. But um, stay tuned. Stay tuned for my peach.
0: Permission to discuss condition. So this week our focus is on gut health and nutrition, and we are thrilled to have expert Laura Tilt join us. Laura is a dietitian and health writer who has specialist experience in IBS, gut health and weight management, to name but a few. Laura is a monthly columnist for Women's Health magazine and a co-host of the Gut Loving podcast, which educates and empowers those living with IBS. Holla. I hate doing that. When anyone says IBS, I say holla.
1: I feel very left out, but it's fine. It's not about me. Holla for those IBS peeps. Um, And I said peeps.
0: Oh God, it's just getting worse. So we are ready to get stuck into the science of our gut today and we've dubbed Laura as our gut guru to guide us. Welcome, Laura. How's your bum and
2: how is your tum? <laughs> Thanks for the very kind intro, girls. <laughs> uh, not bad. Well, actually, I'm expecting perhaps a bit of a sore bum this, uh, tomorrow because for the reason that before this podcast, uh, I also tried to do a bit of a workout, a bum workout on the Nike training uh, with my partner. Which I mean we're still friends after it, but (laughs) we're sort of uh, yeah, I gave up at the bear calls basically. Not my not my bad. No, thank you. That is not.
0: I just I don't understand. These are like the winter evenings, ladies, that you like this is when I I (laughs) thought we would like hibernate and just eat, but the two of you seem to seem to be feeling something very different.
2: Going on for so long, I've tried the hibernate. I am going to bed about eight o'clock every night, so I'm getting masses of sleep. I kind of complete grandma. to be honest
1: it gets to eight o'clock
2: and I'm like there's nothing else to do I just need to go to bed
0: so Laura we're talking gut health today can you can we start off with talking about what makes a healthy gut what are the components
2: yeah it's a really good question and you might be surprised to learn it's actually no official definition of gut health which is crazy crackers because we hear it It all the time um but there is a very uh, smart guy who um, he's basically a professor that studies the microbiome. And he came up with this sort of five criteria that we can use when we think about what makes healthy gut. So I'm stealing that or sort of going to siphon it into Just this platform. Take it, take <laughs> it. Um, so the first one, yeah. So what makes a healthy gut? So uh, our digestion is efficient. So that's what most of us associate with our gut. So it's a. Uh, I heard someone say once your gut's a food poop tube and it's most simplest form which I think is actually a pretty accurate description so most of us associate our gut with digestion uh, so it's responsible for breaking down and absorbing and digesting everything you know that passes our lips Um, and that's really important that that's sufficient because if we don't absorb nutrients from our diet then our bodies won't be able to function well so you know, from the, what we call the macronutrients, so the big nutrients like carbohydrates, proteins, and fats to the micro, the little, the nutrients that we need sort of in smaller amounts, so our vitamins and minerals. So the gut is really our, you know, gateway to making sure we can digest and absorb everything. Then waste disposal, we all know about that as well, as you <laughs> sort of talk about on the podcast. And um, so our gut is also responsible for, yet yeah, waste disposal. So for sort of uh, taking anything through the gut that's not needed, um, and disposing of it at the other end uh and also other kind of functions of our gut that are really important for that make up a healthy gut and are important for our health as a whole so our gut is really important for our immune function so i think we've all become much more aware of that in the last yes. year um about 70 percent of our immune cells actually lie in our gut or 70 70 of the immune tissues lie in the gut so yeah so it actually plays and if you think we sort of see most of us would sort of think our skin's an important barrier sort of you know the external environment but actually our gut is too because when we're eating and drinking and breathing we're sort of you know taking things in from the external environment so actually um our gut is sort of our first form of defense as well in that way um and if the, everything's working properly you know it plays a, uh, plays a really important role in our immune function um and then the last thing well not the last thing one of the other major things that we um have, are hearing more about these days is the gut brain axis. so this is the intimate relationship that um uh is uh, happens or takes place or is uh between your brain and your gut so essentially whatever happens in your brain is picked up by your gut and vice versa and the two are physically connected by a long nerve called the vagus nerve what happens in ve- is the joke what happens in vagus. I'm not vagus in the- and, uh, but they're also connected they can also communicate in other ways so for example the microbes in your gut um can send messages to the brain via certain compounds that they produce. So there's this kind of ongoing sort of communication between the two organs. Um, And so, you know, uh, there's evidence that for example, our microbes play a role in how we manage stress. So also there's a sort of mental health element to, to gut health as well. So yeah. Bit, sort of I guess the big three are digestion and weight disposal and then immune function and um also mental health as well and so I guess if our gut is healthy then it means that it supports those other systems in our body as well
1: and outside of illnesses like you know IBD and IBS and things like anxiety what types of things could compromise your gut health um so uh,
2: you know modern life please don't say
0: tequila please don't say it Laura <laughs>
2: I guess it's three I like to think of gut health when we sort of think about the things that affect gut health that we have control over because there's some things that we don't so we you know we don't get to determine whether we um, have an increased risk of developing into some diseases, for example, that's totally that's genetics, you know, and exposure to other sort of things as well, not necessarily within our control. And equally, you know, our mother is the one that seeds our microbiome and, you know, we don't have a choice whether we're pushed out the vaginal canal or whether we come up by a cesarean section. The most important thing is that we arrive here, you know, that we arrive on earth healthy and safe as well. So, um, but from the point on that we get to start deciding what we eat and drink, um, then sort of we do those are the things that we can control so I like to think of the big three as the things that we can manage is diet and also movement and and stress as well um so yeah with our diet things that aren't so helpful and I'm not saying that we should never have these but um basically lots of the normal things that we kind of associate that aren't you know amazing in large quantities so uh eating lots of processed foods and generally because they have quite little nutrition in them so not very much fiber and not many other sort of beneficial nutrients for our gut yes alcohol bathing our gut in alcohol isn't great small amounts of alcohol is fine but um most of the symptoms that sort of people report with alcohol tends to happen when we drink lots in one go so uh you girls might be familiar with the phenomenon dads the day after drinking stools so oh yeah i love it yeah
0: i haven't heard of that
2: maybe it's more common once maybe i certainly know if you guys have heard of it but basically yeah the dads so if you've ever ended up sort of with loose poos after having you know quite a few drinks alcohol basically affects your gut motility um and it can you know aggravate things like heartburn so um and then you know so healthy diet's important and then in terms of movement you know we were just talking about exercise exercise is good for all the organ you know it's good for all the organs in our body and really you know it's good for our mental health as well um and this isn't you'll be you'll be happy to know um in terms of exercise and the gut actually the best sort of forms of exercise are it sounds a bit boring to say moderate intensity, but basically you don't have to go hard at it. So really, really intense exercise like, you know, running sprints and you know working out till you want to vomit, like some of those awful hit classes like they can actually be quite tough on the gut particularly if you've got sort of if you have a condition like IBS and I like to sort of frame IBS as like you've got an extra sensitive tummy so those kind of workouts um tend to be quite hard on the gut so actually things like walking swimming dancing you know yoga those types of movement are really good for the gut because they help to um they seem to have a beneficial effect when you gut got microbes. We're not really sure why that is, but it seems to be good for them. Um, and also it does sort of support gut motility. So if you're somebody who potentially struggles with pooping, so tends to be a bit more on the constipated side of things, um, then exercise can be beneficial for that reason. And indirectly, I know that I do find exercise quite useful for sort of reducing stress yes. and stress has an impact on the gut as well. So yeah, it's a bit of a circular thing. And then lastly, stress, we can't avoid it. I mean, it's been a, Am I allowed okay. to swear? It's been a bit of uh, <laughs> a bit of a shit year, hasn't Just it, for smidge. everybody. Um most of us have experienced, you know, hardship to some degree this year. And it's been really stressful and anxiety provoking. Um and just like stress has an effect on our brain, it also has an effect on our gut. So I said that your gut knows what's going on. So um I've been hearing a lot how people's poo habits have changed during lockdown. They might have, you know, um if they're feeling anxious, their gut they might be feeling it too. So um this is not like an avoid stress. We can't go and live in a cave or even go and go over to Dubai like some influence <laughs> Oh,
1: very topical oh, yeah really? they're essential work
2: <laughs> but they're essential and important work but um it's just I guess again it's about managing what we can control so I've certainly limited my news consumption because I know that I sort of just you know tend to be a bit of a doom yes, in that way. Um, and just yeah being honest with yourself and you know if you know that like scrolling before bed isn't great for your sleep or your mind then actually I call it parenting yourself yeah. and just doing what you can to sort of help manage. I'm person. very, very
1: guilty of that.
0: <laughs> Jamila Jamil, I was listening to her podcast I Weigh the other day and she said that she'd gone for some checkup and they were checking her heart rate and it was taking a while to do so she was just sat there scrolling on her phone and they said the amount that it went up just by her yeah. consistently going back and forth in the news and Twitter is just madness and and you mentioned lockdown how that might be affecting people Laura do you think it's stress as well or you know people kind of comfort eating do you think there's been a big change for people kind of maybe even having a more intimate relationship with their gut because pretty much the trip to the toilet is is the only place that we go other than our living rooms right now
2: yeah I mean lockdown has totally changed our daily life hasn't it you know from You know, what lots of us are working from home now, so we are not commuting, our eating habits aren't the same. So most of what we do in a day is habitual and it's affected by our environment. So, you know, if there's a coffee shop at the train station, we're going to get a coffee and then we always go to the same sandwich shop to get, you know, it's kind of, everything is quite ritual within our lives. So that's all been taking away. And now we're in these, this completely new situation. So, you know, the type of exercise has changed that we do because maybe we used to go to the gym before on the way home from work and now we don't, or um, a lot of people are taking up like new exercise during lockdown to find a new way of sort of having something to do or just get out of the (laughs) house so um, everything's changed and um so everything has been shaken up in that way we're having to find new ways of operating and I think yeah with eating I mean look eating I love food and eating has become an even more (laughs) pleasurable activity like during lockdowns, I'm always like what are we having for dinner Should should we make a really nice dinner tonight because there's there's so little other kind of highlights in the day and um I had a lot of questions from people about, you know, how do I, how do I stop like, you know, I'm eating a lot or snacking a lot or comfort eating. And we tend to really frame it as bad, but actually it's serving a purpose. Like if we strip it back, it's like, we're trying to cope. We are trying to cope and food is a valid coping mechanism. It doesn't tend to last that long, but it is a valid coping mechanism. And actually, if we kind of approach it with a more sort of curious mindset, like I noticed this is going on, you know, and sort of like what's behind it? Am I bored? You know, do what? Am I just lonely? You know, i lonely. Lockdown, lots of people has been, particularly lockdown one, when they didn't have the bubbles, lots of people really struggling with, with sort of, you know, being on, living on their own and then um, yeah it's a valid coping tool so uh, you know and ultimately like we are from an evolutionary perspective like we are designed to like seek out the sugary really nice tasting stuff like that served a purpose yes, <laughs> eat that enough, it lights you know it tastes good and it lights up these pleasure centers in your brain and your brain's job or one of your brain's jobs the more of the jobs your brain is to remind yourself that makes you feel good so you know it's kind of it's a it's a bit habitual it's you know it's comfort it's a coping tool so yeah I feel like if you know the worst thing that came out of this pandemic was we've done a bit more you know comfort eating then you know be kind to yourself you know it's not a bad thing just yeah become curious about it if anything and you know we can practice new coping skills during this time but
1: yeah
2: if you end up eating a bit more chocolate you know it's not a bad thing
1: So nice to hear it, though, not to be framed around shame, because a lot of the time when we have spoken about people, you know, all these sort of negative phrases like the lockdown belly or the lockdown gut and all of these things. It's just it is surrounded by feelings of guilt and it's just so nice and refreshing to hear it. Framed in a different way, so I feel very appreciative of that. Um, there is one question actually, which I just occurred to me now when you were talking about when your brain feels anxiety, so does your stomach. Um, something I'm really interested in is when people talk about gut feelings. So, um, you know, if you enter a situation and you just get this gut feeling that something's not right, and you know, you're you rationalise yourself out of it, and then later you go, I wish I just listened to my to my gut because you know it did turn out that he was really creepy, or this wasn't right, or I was gonna get conned, or whatever it is. It's that, dark. it's that uh, god yeah there's no insight into my own personal life we'll talk about it later um okay. so is where does that start laura does that start in the gut or is that your gut following your brain or what what do you think
2: uh if i had to guess i would say it's your gut following your brain so i think one thing that we're probably not very good at like collectively is actually tuning into what our bodies tell us because all of the time like we're just paying attention to kind of the external aren't we and I think even with like whether it's eating or exercise we're always looking to someone else to tell us what to do it's like and now we're just distracting ourselves the whole time like if something's uncomfortable or doesn't feel right there's always something to read or look at or distract ourselves with so I think um we're not necessarily very good at paying attention to what's going on and sometimes we lie to ourselves as well don't we oh, yeah. it's easier and it's means to face uncomfortable feelings so um you know this kind of relationship that exists between the brain and the gut is the way, if anyone's kind of in doubt that it exists the what I always said like have you ever needed to run to the loo like before a first day or when you've got an exam you know and you've had a nervy poo everyone's heard of one course. of those sure. and that's because, and that's because your brain and your gut are connected and this goes back to you know I'm sure you've heard before like we've got sort of your sympathetic and your parasympathetic nervous system and you've got basically your fight or flight and your rest or digest and your fight or flight so You know, everyone uses the caveman thing, but that we cave caveman and your fight or flight, you know, we are designed to be on alert because in the past we would have had to be looking out for predators and lions and everything. And and as soon as they came, you know, as soon as we saw that our body basically goes into like the fight or flight mode, our blood pressure increases so that we basically get ready to run away. And one of the things that also happens at that point I can't say it any other way. It's like basically they're to kind of poo themselves basically to just to kind of get everything out of the system and just go like, that's what happens. So now we might not be under the same stress, but that those kind of signals are still going on. So basically when you need to run down the road, your body just forget this, can't digest. It can't send any blood to the stomach. Everything is going to the muscles to get ready to run. And so it's kind of d- digestion sort of doesn't get switched off, but it's kind of almost non-essential at that point. So... Mm you know, people will find that they might feel sick or that they suddenly need to feel like they need to poo their pants. And that's that kind of, like, evolutionary, like, um, mechanism kind of still going on. And, yes, the the fears aren't the same now, the anxieties aren't the same, but now we have to feel like a, a mean boss or, you know, like a deadline or, you know, the fact that the anxiety that social media creates and all of this type of thing. So I think this gut feeling, I think, it, you know, it starts – if you – although we're not conscious of our brain and our gut being in constant communication, they are, you know, they are kind of constantly chatting to each other. We might only be aware of it when, when it's kind of more like it's screaming level too late (laughs) (laughs) going on, like all the time in the background. And actually um, even when I feel anxious, like I don't necessarily feel up here first, I might, my heart rate might quicken and that's my internal system already, going on high alert. So even before I have maybe become aware, oh I'm anxious, my heart and my gut everything knows that I am in that state. So um this is why breathing is so important. So one of the things that we could do if we do notice like a heart racing or cuz we're having, you know, the doom scrolling, is to take a couple of deep breaths because actually just taking a couple of really deep breaths actually tells our um you know, our nervous system that it can relax, so...
0: I find nervous poos really fascinating. But the thing that I don't understand about nervous poos, I don't know whether other people get this, is that you you can get that feeling, but then sometimes if you don't have the facilities to then release or whatever, if, if the threat goes away... I'm mostly thinking of Evie and I are both actors, so I always feel like I need to have a nervous poo before I go on stage on the first night... And the second and the third and whatever. But like it, then when I go on stage, it then goes away. But where has that gone? Because I really felt like it was gonna happen
2: to me. Where's it gone? And then
0: where did it go? Did it go back up inside me? I don't I don't understand. How is that possible?
2: The only thing I can suggest as an answer to that is that you in your bottom where your rectum and anus is so you've got two sphincters like um your inter, like internal and external and one of those is under voluntary control and one isn't oh but they both have to be relaxed in order for you to have a poo so for example if you're on the train and you were like oh my god i really need a poo but that you know there wasn't anywhere to go for a poo for example like even even though your brain is like, Hey, I need a poo, like that conscious part of you, that conscious sphincter that you're under control is gonna be like can't. no no no, you can't go she yet. And <laughs> so it's kind of so it's kind of gonna hold it in until you can go. So that's the only thing I can suggest is that to an extent and I'm not talking about for example like if you've got food poisoning you need to run for a pee because you really do need to go and there's no way that that's staying inside but I think that kind of there is this element of conscious control um of actually being able to hold it in for a bit and then yeah maybe when the because essentially what anxiety when you feel anxious and you get nervous tummy essentially what's happening is that you're getting these sort of um the motility in your gut speeding up so you're almost sort of getting this like peristalsis so maybe you go on stage and then it kind of you know slows down there's a, a gastroenterologist told me a story when I was on a training course which is so unethical you'd never be able to do it now. I'm not even sure that you were able to do it back when they did it but he was saying that they were scoping a patient and uh, basically what they're trying to demonstrate is the effect of like nerves on the gut and um, they were scoping a patient and watching the sort of waves of the gut and then they said to the patient oh we think we've seen something suspect you know so obviously the patient goes into like oh my god mode and their guts really start wiggling. And then a few minutes later, they're like, oh, no, actually, it's fine. It's all, you know, and the gut relaxes. You can't do that. Aw- awful, Scandalous. as I said. Again, okay, this took place. Um, and, the yeah, GI doctors will remain nameless. But I think, you know, what he was trying to demonstrate is that there is this immediate effect of, like, you know, it does, um, nerves can affect, you know, your your gut motility. So basically the speed at which, it, you know, the contractions are, are moving through the gut, so...
0: While we're just still, I we're not going to make you talk about poo this entire episode. <laughs> well,
1: don't don't make any promises, Claudia. <laughs> okay. but
0: this is just one other big one that I wanted to talk about. So mm. your blog has a fantastic post called What is a Healthy Poo? Which yeah. got us to thinking. One, also, you know, we'd like that answered what is a healthy poo, but also... Should we be looking? Should we be going, Jillian McKeith, and, and yeah. checking these? Like, what should be the system? You know, we're, I'm still checking my boobs in the shower because that I'm told that I should definitely be doing. But should I be uh, looking in the loo as well? Th- yeah,
1: this is a big one for me because I don't do it, Laura, and everyone says, you know, <laughs> notice I'm if you if it, there's Laura. if there's blood in your stools, blah blah blah. I'm like, well, I don't get the sieve out and look. I don't know, you know. Well, I think Jillian used to do that, didn't she, Jillian McKeith? She gets sieve and a Tupperware box. And she'd be like, oh, look at this poo, it's disgusting. And you'd be like, Well, no shit, Gillian. Of course it's horrible. Um, but yeah, no, sorry, Claudia, I just interrupted you there. But it's I've
0: said it all. Two
1: great questions. Uh, Over to you. Yeah, over to you. So so what is a healthy poo? I
2: essentially I think there's two things to take note of. So frequency and appearance. And that second one will answer your question. But say frequency, first of all, so like how often are you going? Now Lots of people think you should go every day, and if you don't, then there's something wrong with you, and that's not true. So, what we consider normal when we're kind of assessing gut function is anywhere from three times a day to three times a week. Three times a week. And we a was big discrepancy. Want to let that sink because <laughs> because there is a wide variety. Basically, this has. Um, So they've come to this conclusion. What they've done is assess lots of people who have healthy guts, like normal gut function. And, you know, basically looked at lots of those and looked at the different frequencies. And yet, anywhere from three times a day to three times a week is considered normal. What's really important is to know what's normal for you so that you can spot changes. So some people are literally like a twice a day pooer, always twice a day, once after breakfast, you know, once after lunch, for example. So what you'd be looking for, or what I'd want them to be aware of is if they suddenly started going, four or five times a day or equally if they started going less than once a day. So it's important to kind of know what's normal for you. And obviously if you've got a gut condition, that that's a little bit more difficult because things can change. You can get flares, um, but it's just so that you have some um, idea of what's normal for you normally so you can spot changes. And then the other thing to look at is your appearance. So what your peeps look like. And yeah, you don't have to get out of magnifying glass, but just a quick check in the bowl is fine. <laughs> and have you guys, have you discussed the Bristol stool chart before? No, we haven't, but I have seen a picture of it. I'd love to hear yeah so the chart Say so yeah you should if anyone googles bristol stool chart you'll find it but basically it's types one to seven and type one is like rabbit droppings type two is sort of lumpy poos basically what they call the holy grail or like the ideal poo is like three to four which is basically smooth soft and easy to mm. pass or you know to and be then
1: an smooth <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know too. um and then type five is kind of a sort of softer mushier stool and then type six and seven are getting towards what we would call sort of liquid stool so diarrhea um and essentially as i said like so just having a look at your poo so typically if somebody is going to the loo not very frequently so i would say yeah less than three times a week or they will probably find that their stools are pretty hard yeah. so sort of more types one to two on the bristol stool chart so we would call that like a more like constipated type stool and basically the stool's been sitting around in the colon for quite a long time the colon's job is to reabsorb water so the longer the poo sits there the sort of harder it becomes and then the more difficult it is to excrete and then equally as poos go up towards the sort of six and seven so the liquidy liquidy end of the, uh, the scale eff- effectively or essentially the poo hasn't spent long inside so basically it's moved through the gut really really quickly and the gut hasn't had the time to reabsorb the water and that's why it's still really liquid um and so again it's what's you know knowing what's normal for you we don't have the same kind of poos every day you know as you said if you've had a few drinks you'll probably find that your poos are a bit looser you know if you've um I don't know. I've been doing less, you know, you've had a weekend of sort of not eating any fiber in your diet when normally you eat quite a lot of fiber, you'll probably find that your next poo will be a bit constipated. So we don't have the same types of poos every day, but again, I guess what you want to notice is what's normal for you. So if you suddenly go from sort of type three to four to having really liquid poos, or suddenly you find that you're really constipated and and you, you know, nothing has changed obviously in your sort of lifestyle, then, that's usually a sign that something might be up so basically knowing what your poo looks like and knowing you know sort of what's normal for you and how often you go I think it's alongside gut symptoms like you know bloating or um you know heartburn it's one of the first signs that your gut isn't happy and people always say how do
1: I know if my gut's okay and I'm like it will tell you couldn't get away with anything with my gut I don't know about you Claudia but she (laughs) will tell you
0: (laughs) she takes absolutely no shit that doesn't make any sense
1: (laughs) and and just sorry i i i do appreciate perhaps this isn't um you know the most enjoyable conversation to have especially as you you know you are drinking an orange juice um but but if i'm going to look at the poo do i do the poo and then quickly turn around before any tissue sort of distorts it um and should i be how often should i do that
2: yeah i'd say yeah just obviously have a quick look before
1: you cover it over um (laughs) No one's ever asked me
0: that. I probably like, I don't know.
1: As in, should should I look only if I think there's a problem, for example, or should I just kind of regularly keep checking? Yeah, um,
2: I guess probably a bit of both. Just every now and then, like have a glance. But also then if you sort of think, oh, gosh, something doesn't feel right. I think one of you spoke about sort of blood in your stools earlier if you had a little bit of blood on the toilet paper for example that's normally a sign or normally it's indicates sort of hemorrhoids so some blood vessels that are near the edge of your bottom have become inflamed en- and, and a beca- uh um can swell and then break but you know if you've got actual blood in your poo there's quite a lot of blood in your poo that would be something that you would see in the toilet for example so blood in your poo whether it's a little bit or a lot should never be ignored Um, and like I said it can quite often be something really simple but um I say simple can be something that will just heal itself so like a hemorrhoid normally that's associated if you've had like lumpy or hard poos or constipation and you've had a sort of lot of straining trying to get your poos out. That's what can aggravate that. Um, but if you do have blood in your poo, best thing to do just have a quick chat with your doctor. You know, and and they can just sort of make sure there's nothing underlying that. So
0: I think the main point to get across, and it needs to be said to Evie, is that we don't want to see any photos of it. And I wish I
2: didn't have no. to say this. Well, you say that, I'm trying to think of the companies, there's a probiotic company called Seed, and they are actually asking if you want to share your poo. Oh, she does. They're doing, um, (laughs) basically, they are trying to create like an AI, like app to basically be able to look at people's poo. I mean, it's actually amazing. amazing. I think AI will be incredible in the future because actually... At the moment, you know, people physically have to go and chat to, you know, go in, have an appointment, speak to somebody about whether there might be a, a problem with their gut. But actually, what they're trying to do is use AI to be able to sort of, you know, not just look at things like scans, but look at poo and, and say, oh, you yeah, that looks like a healthy poo or not. So what they're asking people to do at the moment is share their share their stool. <gasps> so you can actually take a snack of your poo and send it to them anonymously. And they really
1: want Oh, that. I love that. So, take, you know, a, take a stool. Yeah. Fantastic! <laughs> <a story. laughs> I think that's amazing. So I, I, I kind of want to get involved in that because I did. Claudia got a little bit annoyed with me because I also sort of round acting work I do a bit of childcare and I just couldn't believe the size of one of the poos that this three-year-old had done I said claudia a picture of it and she was so pissed off with me but also just speaking of blood in the in the poo oh, I actually sake. I actually got myself into a bit of hot water because I was this is when she was about two I was changing her nappy and I was like holy christ there's blood in her stool and she did used to get quite bad constipation she was on laxatives for ages so I called up the parents I said I don't know what to do but um I think I've just spotted um blood and lily's stool what shall i do <laughs> is to take a picture and send it to me and we'll speak to the doctor and i was like okay no worries and as i did it i realized i'd given her um beetroot for lunch, for lunch yeah. and uh, <laughs> I, I was like guys listen. stand down i gave her a beetroot smoothie forget it <laughs> um so um we also were wondering about a microbiome test um and what they are and you know should we be getting them.
2: So um we love this is I think this is really feeds into our nature of like wanting to know stuff about ourselves. Like I love doing tests online and <laughs> I used to love doing those, those um in magazines. I was possibly <gasps> which I was character are right? Flo- were they flow yeah. questions? I don't know flow charts and Yeah like flow chart yeah, yeah. like do you like this or that and it would kinda of match you up with like this is your you know ideal yeah. boyfriend or like this And then your life is fixed. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> We are by human nature. Whenever I um, I used to or have done in the past, like gone into um uh, places uh, like to do employee health checks, and people like love it. They're like, oh, can I get my blood pressure done, and can I get my? Because we love to know about the things about ourselves. I think that's kind of. It's our slightly maybe narcissistic human nature of like wanting <laughs> to I don't know what it is, but I know I know that I've definitely fallen into that category as well of, of really like like to know the numbers. And um so I think this is why microbiome testing appeals to us. So just to clarify the microbiome um, so we've got t- microbes live everywhere and um, we've got microbes living all over our bodies um, but most of the microbes live in our gut uh, in our colon so that's our large intestine um, we've got trillions that live there they weigh about as much as your brain and collectively these microbes and the genes that um, their genes are called the microbiome so we've become really interested in the microbiome because these microbes do a lot of really helpful things for us so they they digest the fiber that we can't um digest and absorb and they turn it into clever compounds called short-chain fatty acids which help to keep the line of our gut healthy and they support our mental health um and there's also evidence that you know microbes play a really important role in our immune function and potentially may play a role in our mental health so what we're starting to see is that um, certain conditions like depression and anxiety, for example, are associated with lower levels of some types of helpful microbes. We can't draw any correlations. We can't draw any. We can't make any conclusions yet. But we we're starting to see these correlations. And this is why um, scientists are becoming really interested, because potentially um, if there is this link, it means that we might be have be able to develop new therapies for depression and anxiety, for example, by modulating the microbiome. So, there's lots of interest in the microbiome at the moment, but obviously, we can't see it. <laughs> because it's so, we've got this thing inside of us, we've got this amazing ecosystem, um, doing all this, you know, working tireless for tireless for. And how do we know whether it's healthy or not? Like, how do we know whether it's you know? so. This is where the idea of microbiome tests comes in. So I think uh, I don't know, and they're also they're not prohibitively expensive. That's the thing. I think that you can probably get them done for about sort of ninety quid. Um, I don't recommend them, and the reason is after giving you that big (laughs) sale. sorry um but when you take a microbiome test like you're really only seeing who's there on that day you don't know what they're up to you know you also your microbiome is dynamic it changes if you do have a bit too much tequila like <laughs> naming your like, names you know if you've had two weeks in in Ibiza not, that feels like a very distant <sighs> dream now but if
1: you have weeks
2: in Ibiza, like having cocktails and um you know eating I don't know lots of ice cream your microbiome is going to look very different to two weeks later if you've been at home and hitting the gym every day and eating lots of fruits and vegetables so it's changing all the time so when you have a microbiome pest you're really only seeing what's there that day
0: I mean speaking of well not speaking of tequila but we do love to share an embarrassing story on the podcast Laura do any do any come to mind for you it's okay if they don't
2: no, well <laughs> I was thinking I do have one but it's about my mum but she do it I'm sure the spirit of this well I love because so my mum's got IBS and actually um she's very good natured she's actually one of the first people that I taught the FODMAP diet to um long long time ago and uh so yeah she developed IBS sort of like later on in life and we I mean we joke about sort of pee and farts quite a lot in my family so it's not kind of something to be embarrassed of but when uh, my mum um she's quite say like she's an avid traveler like she always wants to be in on the action anyway (laughs) I lived in when I were a few probably about four or five years ago now uh, I went to Mexico for about eight months and she came out to visit me at one point and um, I was like saying to her, you know, we won't be like staying in like fancy hotels, and you know you're gonna have to sort of rough it a bit with me. And she was like, no, 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 that's fine, I'm okay. And then one night we'd um, we would checked into this kind of B and B, uh, and <laughs> toilets aren't great, are they? Quite often when you're abroad, they're oh, not no. anything. And so I'd already been into the toilet and seen like it wasn't a great toilet, and there's a bucket next door, so I was like, oh, this is probably at some point like going to be like a manual flashlight oh. situation, um, but didn't like. Really explain anything to mum. Anyway, like we went out for dinner and went to bed and blah blah blah. And then in the middle of the night, I heard this sort of like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, what was that? And I, I looked over and I saw that like mum wasn't in bed. And I was like, mum, and she was like, yeah. And I was like, are you all right? And she was like, oh. I was, What's the matter? She was like, <laughs> she came out in the loo. She was like, oh, she's like I've done a period of time. and it that I don't this it's hilarious because she was so obviously getting there for a while like working out like what can I do I can go away and it was like a you know it was Basically, she probably in something that hadn't quite agreed with her at IBS. Oh. So I had to basically go in and like teach her how to do the manual flush because she'd never had to. <laughs> she'd never been in a situation. It where like it's to a dance
0: a... move. I'm going to show you how to do the manual flush.
2: <laughs> and then what was funny for the rest of the holiday is like I would regularly not like wake up but like come back into the room and I could hear her like filling up the bucket. So like, it became like this not the soundtrack of the of the holiday, but your alarm
1: clock in the morning it's just slosh slow
2: yeah exactly like oh it's in the loo again so anyway uh, what to do on like a camping trip (laughs) oh god that's remarkable because
0: it is it's that just feeling really sorry for yourself i'm really sad about the situation that noise that just escapes when you're just
2: like oh no no she was like she's okay she is okay we're talking about but she is also you know she's like 70 years old like she gets embarrassed and she was just like oh and I could tell she just it was like what am I going to do it's like the middle of the night I've done this like big poo and it won't flush and you know we've all been there anyway, we've I- all
1: been there
0: some of us a bit recently yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um Laura thank you so so much for coming on I really do feel like I've learned a lot and I've asked some some questions that I've wanted to for a while oh oh actually no it's okay it's okay i was just i had one more question actually just about about coffee but because i've had issues with coffee in the past so i've moved on to decaf um but the same problem seems to be happening so um do you think maybe it's if i just what's going on please laura laura help me (laughs) when you say problems do you mean it's making you? yes yes, yes yes 12 minutes after i it's from mouth to table 12 minutes I could, and then I need to go straight to the toilet
2: yeah it's interesting because so caffeine so I know that you're saying decaf now but caffeine does increase gut motility so yes like um, In healthy individuals, most of the studies have been in healthy individuals, but yeah, when people have caffeine, basically the, that movement in their gut speeds up. So it increases that desire to have a poop. And what I always think, what I, the kind of rule of thumb I always apply is if it happens to someone with a, you know, who doesn't have an extra sensitive gut and someone who does, that mechanism is kind of hyped up even more. So, definitely is an association between coffee and needing to pee on the decaf side of things though because you're not the first person that I've that has said that to me and the only thing I can think is it's almost like a habitual ah, maybe it's like yeah. a brain at that one like your gut you know like your brain knows that when you taste that even though it's decaf like it's still can't. Kind of, I mean I'm not a connoisseur like yeah. for me decaf tastes the, taste the same like know, wine yeah. Yeah. it's all the same <laughs> um so maybe it's because there's that it kind of, you've already started the process off by thinking, oh, is it, you know, maybe it's the taste. I don't know. That's the only thing I could suggest because obviously you've removed the caffeine element. I mean, even if you had nothing else in your stomach, the, the caffeine would have even hit your gut by. So it must be almost like happening like top down, no. if that makes sense. That's just a theory. I
1: do feel like I've learned so much and just asked so many questions. That I'm sure not only, you know, myself and Claudia have, but anyone who listens to this podcast, um, I'm sure they've all had very, very similar questions. So thank you so, so much. We appreciate it. Best science it. lesson ever. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know my best science lesson lesson ever would include me talking about <laughs> what, uh, what precise moment i should look at my poo but i'm yeah thrilled to have had Isn't it it's
0: so good it's
1: great um laura where can people <laughs> find you on social media or if they wanted to contact you for any sort of like dietitian purposes so i hate saying my handle just if it makes you feel any better when i was year seven i created my own um bebo account and my handle was hot lips and i'd never kissed <laughs> anyone so <laughs>
2: so like but basically it's nutri tilty so it's n u t r i t i l t y so it's a mi- mixture of nutrition and tilt which is my last name but it i honestly set it up years ago and every time i'm like i really should change it and then i'm like well but then, you know, people know me as that. So, yeah. But if you actually just search Laura Tilt, so T-I-L-T, I don't think there's anyone else that would come up.
0: Don't worry yourself, hot lips. People. I remember me. I was
1: saying it with my friend and she <laughs> would maybe just use your name. And I was like, no, no, I think hot lips is the way to go. Hot lips it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was
0: fantastic. Thank you so much. Laura, I'm genuinely not joking when I say that was my best science lesson. Yeah, I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I was literally like, Tell me what... Oh, that that's good. That was really good. Stop what you're doing. Let's talk about pooing. So it's that time you've all been waiting for our... in oh, fuck me. Good start. <laughs> it's <laughs> that time you've all been waiting for our infamous toilet tale segment. So, Eves, mm-hmm. tell me, what's cracking in the bum book today?
1: Well, i am just got just with the bum book right this second and i have leafed through and i have found our latest toilet tale would you like to hear it i'd love to hear it okay my partner and i have lived together throughout the entirety of lockdown and i can honestly say we have barely fallen out not because we don't annoy each other but because my partner jack is the most chilled out person could be it's almost irritating i can relate to that (laughs) So we were just plodding along, happy as Larry, through another bloody lockdown, until yesterday, shit hit the fan and caused a row. When I say shit hit the fan, it literally did. Well, it hit the back of our U-Bend and got well and truly wedged. <laughs> oh God, this is really bringing back memories of the first lockdown <laughs> oh where our God, got. isn't it just... Yeah. Yes. Yesterday, I blocked the toilet, and our first argument of lockdown commenced. Uh, after I created the offensive blockage, I tiptoed downstairs, half finding the situation hilarious and half feeling utterly ashamed. And I told Jack what happened. He didn't laugh. He barely cracked a smile. And this is where the row began. He was cross with me, and he was frightened for himself. He wanted to know when I would be fixing it, and essentially, why hadn't I already done it? His morning poo was fast approaching and I was blocking the exit. I was cross because I needed him to laugh with me. If I couldn't laugh about this, I was just bucketing shitty water out of the toilet alone and ashamed. I then, feeling both angry and embarrassed, had to continuously parade this shitty water bucket through the living room where he was working and out into the garden to hurl it down the drain. I kept flushing, the toilet kept filling, and I had to keep shoveling. We didn't have a plunder and I, knowing it was a 40-minute walk to the shop and would require entering a shop in a pandemic, I was reluctant to go. I tried many other ways, soapy hot water, shoving a hanger up there, drained fluid, all to no avail. All the while, I left the back door open downstairs so his cold body could match his cold heart. Eventually, I gave up, mostly because I now needed another poo, and he'd already pissed in the shower, and I walked to Wick's, where I bought the last plunger they had on the shelf, the drain blaster. May I also point out that I couldn't find it, and had to ask the assistant, who, with a smirk, asked me what I needed unblocking. I said I'd rather not say. (laughs) I walked back lugging the drain blaster with my sorrow, and I opened the door to find Jack stood there with patronising eyes. Shall we have a go together? so weirdly sexual i wanted to kill him <laughs> he tried to take the drain blaster but i told him no sod off and i said i could do it myself no but i couldn't do it he tried and blasted that U bend in one motion and then finally told me to piss up oh god i just added a swear word <laughs> told <laughs> me to bugger off so he could finally at 4 p.m do his morning poo i mean there's a lot in that and a lot that we've actually touched on in this podcast before with the coat hanger slicing the poo up in the toilet and
0: well clearly none of it bloody
1: works no i mean you try they tried so much i just i mean all sorts i really really would have thought that um drain fluid would, would help the situation but i suppose sometimes the only way to go is a drain blaster
0: well, especially as well, if the water's already on top, the drain fluid, it's not going to get there.
1: You see, and you couldn't... going
0: to get there. It,
1: it's so... It, oh, God, in lock, the first lockdown, when all public toilets were closed, there was no other option, our toilet got blocked and I had to go round to a friend's house to poo. The situation was that urgent and we didn't have a plunger either, so we had to get our handyman Ian round and he did unblock it not with Ian. just one plunge. Um,
0: Irritable Ian. The thing is... I don't know where we'd go. I honestly don't know where, where we would go to poo. There's nobody near us. And I couldn't ask my neighbours. Another poo
1: in the muse?
0: Oh, I couldn't do another poo in the muse. No. Not that it was me the first no, yeah. Not another.
1: I mean, whoever did it. That's actually, Wix is a good shout because there's a Wix near us. And I suppose we could have got the plunger. But in lockdown one, I don't even think that was open. So, you know, I don't want to say that they were causing a fuss over nothing. But, you know, count their stars <laughs> that the Wix was open.
0: Yeah, but I do get that whole not wanting to
1: you know, you don't want to go to a big shop in a pandemic and a forty minute walk, it's very cold outside. Oh. I really relate. Oh, I and I do feel I feel for do you know what I feel for all parties. I think if someone's blocked the toilet, it's an accident. The last thing you want is a an eyebrow raised and a, a you know, I need to do my morning poo like little Lord Fauntleroy. But then on the flip side, it's absolutely on them to sort it out. If you've blocked it, you sort it. See it, say it, sort it. I wonder what what the poo was like in order for it to block the toilet. Like, do you think it was too yes. much toilet paper, or was it a big poo? I what do you think? It might have been the toilet
0: paper because oh I, I feel like the, the the poo will kind of almost worm its way through, whereas wads and worm its way through. <laughs> what a phrase? Slug its way through, but the toilet paper. Is just gonna clog in it.
1: This is why I do get very pissed off with my boyfriend at the, pa- the the poo parachute that he puts so much tissue paper in the toilet before and he's like, oh, the splashing and the sound. I'm like, y- whatever. Like, get you, over you it. use so much fucking toilet paper. Okay, I use a lot of toilet paper because I do wee up to 20 times a day, but yeah, he poos crazy. three or four times a day. And if he's not only using loads of toilet paper and he's getting an additional deposit of toilet paper in the toilet first, you know, Claudia, I'd say we probably get up to four rolls in three days. Sometimes, Shut yeah, we up. really do. I mean, that's on a bad, a bad. F- that's
0: intense, mate.
1: Well, that is
0: intense. it's because the
1: poo is basically in tents of toilet paper, camping in there. And I know he can hear me right now. She got you there, son. This isn't about me and my relationship. It always becomes about that. This is you know about somebody it else. It
0: does, and it's usually always about your relationship and toilet paper. I yeah, think
1: need to have some words. I know. I'm thinking of introducing, like, leaving him.
0: Well, oh, sorry.
1: That's the second option. First option is having your own toilet paper that you then physically take into the toilet and they hide in a space so if your toilet paper runs out that's on you
0: um oh bloody hell let's round this shit thank up and-
1: you for that amazing toilet tail and if you yourself have any toilet tales, it did need not be about poo or wee but it can be maybe it's you've had a smear test maybe you've had one of those little um umbrellas put down your cock when you've had an sti test oh, uh, a little swab maybe you've had a uh, you know period, nightmare, maybe even you've just used somebody's toilet and they've caught you in the act and you weren't supposed to be
0: there. Like- yeah. Maybe or maybe you met your maybe you met your future husband in a toilet or maybe mm. you know you met the love of your life in the I toilet. I bet there's
1: been a woman that's met her future wife in a toilet because they've just been complimenting each other at the and mirrors. Women are so fantastic in toilets. God, I miss it so much. Oh that's no, not <sighs> sorry,
0: go down yes. There. So yes, Claudia <laughs> yes. You can email us at the at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at the underscore Poodcast. And please, all of you listening, know that everybody's having a tough time. If you want to make ours a little bit easier, please, for the love of God, leave us a review. It, it would really make us smile. And there ain't that much going around at the minute. So if we've made you laugh today, leave us a sodding review, all
1: right? Even if you have not laughed, just review it in a nice way. Okay, <laughs> great. Thanks so much <laughs> for listening. threatened you all. <laughs> thanks so much for listening everybody speak to you soon love you bye bye